Is and this we're thing back on? talking with Parker and Mike in the morning. <laughs> the, the <laughs> He's quite amazing. Yeah. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Yo, what up? Welcome to the Haas, 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 boys. HBs. I got Mike on my right. Yo. Yelling into the mic. And I got Parker on the left. Yes. My name is Max. We are coming at you fresh off of the U.S. Grand Prix. But before we get into that, I have, I have a fun little uh, thing that I made for you guys. <laughs> oh, are you sure oh, about it? I, I'm I'm fairly sure. But Did I you write get, a poem? <laughs> I what I did do is I did take our Haas boys and some other drivers and gave them D and D characters. Oh, Jeez. good job! Um, so I wanted to get your your opinions on these. Okay, um, okay. to see if these would actually be pretty good D and D characters for them because they might be bad. They might be good. Yeah. So for Mick, I didn't give any of them fun names. Maybe you guys can help with that if we need that. Mick, he's a level two half elf paladin. I chose half elf. Well, because like the D- guys, the D and D manual says that like to humans, these half elves look like elves, and to elves, these half elves look like humans. Pretty much every time we see Mick Schumacher, we're seeing Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Oh yeah, he can't get out from that shadow. No, yeah, but he's a pretty good guy. So I gave, made him a paladin who like they um you know they uphold justice and righteousness and they have divine power. Okay, oh. yeah. And he just seems like a really good guy. Yeah. Maybe he's just learning how to wield it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. He's kind of the future Vettel in the shadow of Michael, mm-hmm. which is, I think, yeah, that's a great description of him. I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. So I thought those you would have. You're a huge D&D fan, Mike. Uh, <laughs> never, never crossed my path. That's the first thing I learned about you. <laughs> really? Oh. Yeah. Um, Mick is also lawful good. I think he's just straight down the line. Good yeah. guy, lawful for that reason. He could oh, have is that a dark where that term though. comes from? You have your alignments, so you're like lawful good, chaotic evil, neutral evil. Um, do you have to choose that for a D and D character? Yeah, yeah, you do. It's part of your character wow, sheet. Wow, that'd be crazy if it came from D and D. Yeah. Okay. D and D is basically the basis of every sort of <laughs> fantasy game. Right. Like, right. The, all the rules stem from that, and D and D kind of stems from someone wanting to make a game out of like reading Lord of the Rings. Right. It's like Tolkien like created all of fantasy. It's insane. Anyway. Thanks, Tolkien. Back to Mick real quick. Jolkin, Rolkin, Paladins Rolkin, do Tolkien. have spells. And so I gave him a spell. Mirror image. Three selves appear and oh. kind of like mix it up. I figure he's playing defense on George and can't get by him. And George has just seen so many Micks. Yeah. And then also he has a... That's why George thinks that he like swung at him. Exactly. Yeah. When he's when George merged into him. <laughs> yeah. He's seeing things we're not seeing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes so much more sense now. He also has a small incantation of mending. He has broken a lot of cars this year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. That one's fair. Kevin Magnuson. Oh, here we go. Level seven. Oh. Hu- human Ranger. Okay. Um, lawful neutral. Um, human Rangers, uh, rough and wild looking. Yes. I, I think that fits him. He's He has a pretty good beard. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Vettel's beard. He's and a, like a scowl. Yeah. Like a natural scowl. Resting face. Uh, RBF. His calling, Rangers have, their, their natural calling is calling to defend. And he's pretty good defense. Pretty yeah. good driver. Yeah. He's um, a killer in defense. Yeah. He carries a medium shield and a short sword. Okay. I think he's just a good fighter. Yeah. His one, one thing I did give him is plus one inspiration. 
and eat. <laughs> laughing at Mike. He probably has no idea what any of this means. I don't. But, but plus one inspiration means like if you get a bad roll, you can roll again. Pretty much, Mick has his second chance now in F1. Oh. He got to roll again. Oh, I like that. Good inspiration. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're learning so much about D&D. <laughs> Parker's played with me once. Didn't you? You played once. Yes, I played I played as t- uh, Gildorf the turd goblin. <laughs> yeah, it was a good character. <laughs> if anyone hasn't found Parker's Instagram handle. Every time it. he went, he moved, he went. <laughs> every time he talked, he went. Really stinky dungeon. A long game. Okay. <laughs> the Next, long game. We have Gunter, level 15 gnome wizard. Yes. Oh, yeah, perfect. I mean, that's what I would have guessed. Not knowing Dungeons and Dragons. He's a wizard. He yeah. is a wizard. And a gnome wizard at that. Yeah. 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 A gnome because, I mean, large personalities. Gnome have large personalities. He also is kind of funny. They have little bursts of laughter. And I think like when he's not mad, he's pretty funny. Yeah. 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 When he's like talking on the radio, he's just yeah. spitting fun game. When he's mad, he's funny. Yeah. 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 And that yeah. too. <laughs> Languages, gnomish and dwarvish, and they're both very technical. <gasps> oh, when okay. you try and place Gunter's language... Yeah. It is a really weird technical accent. Yeah. yeah. Not quite sure what part of Europe is, but it's all of it. Yeah. Um, loves jewels. He's always trying to get <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> Totes. Um, spells. Oh, he has plus two intelligence. Um, I think it's just because he's been in the game for a while. Spells. He has foresight. So he can actually see the future, which is good for Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He also has finger of death, so which was good for Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> It's just a quick execution from that finger. A swift yeah. flick. So those are the three Hossboys I did. It's really good. I like that. I, I did, think it's uh, on the nose. Thank you, thank yeah. you. I did do Lewis. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I kind of had to. Yeah, I think that's right. He's practically a Hossboy at this point. He's getting <laughs> more airtime than <laughs> Mick. Yeah. Um, I, get, he, I made him a level 10. He's been in the rig game for a while. He's pretty skilled. Yeah. He's a dwarf. <laughs> I'm like, your friend is rolling <laughs> listening to this. What's his name again? Which friend? The friend that was on the show. Trevor. Oh yeah, Trevor is rolling. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's kind of skilled. <laughs> he's kind of skilled. I feel like I almost have to be the voice of yeah. him in this. He's a dwarf druid. Oh, okay. He's short. Let's let's be honest. Okay. Lewis is pretty short. Definitely. Okay. And a druid, because druids can shapeshift. Also, druids wield the power of nature. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, Lewis is vegetarian, vegan. vegan. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's, he's out praying to the witchy nature God. And every time he shows up to the race, he is a different form. Yes. <gasps> he is clothes a shapeshifter. And are off the, yeah, he's a shape, shapeshifter for sure. Wow. Yeah. He used to be bald. Now he has hair. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> you don't A few weeks that. ago, he was a luchador. He was Luis Echordor. I did put him as law. I did put him as lawful evil. Okay. Because he takes they take what they want, but within the limits. Oh, oh wait, that that's is exactly that's the him. most def- <laughs> perfect <laughs> definition for Lewis. That's I've also like seventy five percent of the drivers. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it Lewis. I gave him a special amulet. I said he carries an amulet that gives him an advantage on every roll, which means Mike, it's but- David Croft. <laughs> It's the FIA. It's it's basically giving him tons of luck. Because if you're rolling for a fight and you have an extra dice, you'll take the higher of the rolls. So basically you get 
you get a higher roll on everything you do. This was you get amazing. A better chance. This, yeah, is, this such is the best investment and of Lewis, our time. Lewis is so the luckiest best investment driver. of our time, having Max on. <laughs> yeah, yes. Best investment thus far is Max. <laughs> he really is the luckiest driver. I had to give him that. I, I would agree with that uh, every season except for this one, but I do think that it's, it's... He's just getting bad rolls right now. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's no, for sure. he's still getting good rolls. He just has an average car. Yeah. He's still getting all the Hawks. lucky rolls. It's uh, everything that goes through the press or goes through the F. FIA, he gets the highest roll yeah. every time. Yeah. He just, and he rolled super high getting to Mercedes, man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I gave him a background or like a, a motivation. He seeks to correct injustices, usually through complaints. Oh, yes. <laughs> True, <laughs> of of <laughs> yes. True of all Mercedes. Yes. True of all Mercedes. That's about it. I brainstormed other guys. Daniel, I put him as a bard. Bards are fun. Um, <laughs> that's good Yuki I put him as a halfling <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Max I put as a drow just a dark elf oh yeah I totally mean, he's, were they like tormented yeah these, this is kind of like do they come from a very like dark world of torment probably I, I forget forged in the fires yeah. but he's like an elf he's smart skilled but a lot of people hate him yeah but he's also a good person and yeah. he's genuine. Yeah. He's genuine. He's genuine. He's not trying to fool anybody. No, he's not. I love it. That was really good, Max. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was spot on. I think everyone should give him a round of applause for something that was so <laughs> not anything I understood. I'm the opposite today, Haas boys. You're seeing me learn something. Yeah. Don't you wish you knew about D&D now? <laughs> I do now. Okay. And I feel then- confident in it. Um, we're going to move on. We have a listener question we want to start off with. This is, it starts off, hello from Croatia. Oh, okay. Very fun. I am a fan of yours. I'm also in Croatia. My question is asking <laughs> if you think F1 will ever return to this country. Our roads are unique and everyday driving for us is probably better than Hamilton race drive. I cheer for Haas because the underdog must win. Ciao, Jossip. Okay. Wow. Josip, thanks so much for getting in touch with us. That's fun. I don't know if Croatia's ever had a Formula One yeah, race. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? I want to vote on the side of caution here, but I don't think that it's happened. Okay. It seems like a very um, small country to have a Formula One race. Well, and let's go, let's go with a very small trend here that the... Yes, so that circuit, I believe, belongs to MotoGP, or s- maybe not even MotoGP specifically, but more bikes. So Mike's looking at a, a track that Parker just pulled up. Um, so they probably have MotoGP oh. there. Yeah, yeah. Or, or some form of uh, superbike racing. Uh, but I do think that like when you consider what Formula One does, it is a huge money-making machine, but it's also goes where the money is and where the populations are in a lot of these bigger countries. So Formula One has had some stints in some areas where it seems like, wow, that was out of left field. Uh, But for the most part, you know, especially in like the Eastern Europe parts, I feel like has been pretty, you know, Azerbaijan, like Baku's race is pretty like recent addition to the, you Mm -hmm. know, the calendar as well as a, uh, a few of those kinds of spots. So, I hadn't heard of anything like Croatian GP. What would be cool, maybe this, I don't know if the FIA or Formula One would ever do this, but during the COVID, uh, the pandemic time, yeah. they had like random tracks that they had to kind of like incorporate because some countries had to shut down. Right. It'd be cool to have a wild card track on every season that's different. And maybe like countries like Croatia could host 
And it would be this fun, like one-off unique race that would also provide some pretty entertaining racing because these yeah. drivers don't know these tracks. Totally. Yeah. If, during COVID they raced at Mugello, which Mugello is a Italian, very hilly uh, race course that is mo- more MotoGP driven than it is for anything else. Hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I remember saying this leading up to the race. I'm like, first corner at Mugello is going to be a disaster. <laughs> and then come race day, it was just a total pile up. But I do think that it would be fun. It does add such a variable element to this because of simulator can only be so good mm-hmm. for a track that they haven't visited and gained so much data from. And so the drivers can attempt to learn it, but mm-hmm. it is something that isn't in their wheelhouse. So, you know, they they raced at Mugello. They went back to Portimao in Portugal, which was cool, mm. and a few other European race circuits. So, yeah, I, th- I agree. I think it would be really awesome to see them visit different places and, you know, maybe a street circuit that they've run in Croatia for bikes in the past. It would be cool to see some F1 cars. On. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. idea. Well, uh, thanks for sending that question in. Thanks, Jossip. Now let's uh, shift gears um, and talk about the main meet, the Oof. USA GP. Big week. That old Texas meet. Grilling in Austin. How was that race? Oh, I, where do you start? It was a pretty exciting was a great race. race. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was one of the best I've Let's seen this year. Start with the best well, first wait, corner in Formula well, where One. Does it, where, where do we start? Well, we start with a little something, which is that in the pre-race buildup. <laughs> oh, boy. On Sky Sports. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Parker's reaching for his cell phone unlocking his cellular device, but there is a text message that has distracted him from furthering his progress <laughs> into the rabbit hole of whatever he's researching. Okay. In the pre-race buildup, Simon Lazenby is talking to the Ferrari drivers. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Okay. And as he's talking to them, he says, I'm here with Carlos Sainz. And also Chuck Leclerc, as they call you here. And I lost my mind. Jeez. Because ladies Do and gentlemen, know? ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> guess where calling Charles Charles Leclerc Chucky Leclerc came from? One guess. Max. Not Max Verstappen. Orton, even right before it was came from Max Horton. <laughs> Just before the Haas boys began, yeah. Max was doing a series on what would F1 drivers look like and what would their names be if they were NASCAR drivers. Yeah. And the first one he did was Charles Leclerc in a button-up shirt and a cowboy hat, and his name was Chucky Layclerk. Yes. That went viral. It did. And it has made its way all the way to Sky Sports, <laughs> and I am losing my mind yeah, That is it. crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah. And if you need proof, I mean, it's not on the Haas Boys Reddit because it didn't exist. It's on no. my own Reddit account. Right. The date is there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And nobody has was calling him Chucky before that. <laughs> no. And now people are calling him Chucky. Yeah, that is amazing. This so is I from the book of Jenna. Genesis for Haas boys. That is, that's how early this that is. That is the biggest news it of is. the weekend. No, it's crazy. Uh, over Sky Sports came a meme from the Haas boys. Essentially that's, a Haas boys shout out, shout out for Max. That's yeah, crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that insane? That is insane. We've we've made our we've, mark. Yeah. Holy cow. 
That is that is a huge win. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, guys. We got some points. Uh, yeah, got it that. on the podium. Yeah, we did. For that's sure. amazing. Yeah, so that's a triple points finish for Haas yeah. boys. Holy cow. All so three that, of us. I had to lead with that. That's that's, that's the a, that was the best news of the is. whole weekend to me. That is. That is for sure. And then we we slip into the pre-race where we see Bradley Pitts stop in. Bradis Pittis. And say <laughs> that's hello <his> name. <laughs> to the Haas boys. Garage. Let's go. Get yes. some props. And I just got to say, Brad, you chose the right house. Because yes. who did we have last year? I think it was like a football star. Yeah, it was lame. Yeah, it was like, oh, the tight end from the Patriots yeah. stopped by. Yeah, we Gronkowski. have the biggest celebrity in the world. Right. Minus Tom Cruise. Right. Who was, <laughs> you know, was flying Lewis I mean, around we have in a jet celebrity stuff. in the world. See, and that's what we need is people that are giving this great American team, good props. Right. You know what else was actually, just before we even get any deeper into the USA GP recap, is that there was huge news this week, and I forgot to put this down with Max when we're making show notes here. Haas has a new title sponsor. Oh, that's right. Cash Money. They got, yeah, Cash is it, App is it Money Graham's, uh record label? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did you see who, who's? <laughs> Cash Money? Isn't that Birdman and Lil Wayne's record label? Oh no, young, young money. Young money. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that the title sponsor? That would have been great. Come on, actually. Bird man. Money Graham. And then also I got the served. best way to clean your drug money. <laughs> money Graham. <laughs> send it to Mexico on Money Graham. They send it back on Western Union. You're done. Rich Rich Energy gave them the hookup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they they're like, this is how we move our money around. <laughs> All four hundred dollars in our bank account. <laughs> to clean it somehow <laughs> but yeah i mean so this was a huge deal but also i've been served a slew of maui gym ads with kevin and mick and maui gym is also sponsoring haas what they talk about like i know that moneygram is actually a pretty substantially large company that's now invested in the team oh, yeah. and will be a title sponsor on the car more so next year than even this year but they are kicking it off as of usgp maui gym is a that's a legacy brand right there. Big time style brand that makes a quality product here in the United States. And so to see them on an F1 car and not just any, but our the American team, but our boys is something that I was hugely excited and about. You, you so said cool. that like um, now Haas will be able to reach the budget cap. Right. Because at the moment it's just them. And I think that one in one sponsor that Mick brings to the table, hmm. being able to add more money to the team is just going to give us all that much closer to being able to hit the budget cap, giving us the opportunity to really play with these dogs. So cool. Such good trends. We're trending really well. Yeah. Trending up and to the right. Right. But now to kind of like breaking zone downshift back into where we were, Martin Brundle's gridwalk did not disappoint. Oh man. It was about as unscripted and terrible as it has ever been. And here's the thing. Is the U.S. Just, just living up to its name. It's just a yeah. train wreck here. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I also can't look away. Yeah. Because everyone just is avoiding him on purpose. And it almost seemed like the drivers were <laughs> oh, doing because it. Because last year was such a PR nightmare for, yeah. for the first mm, Megan, Megan the Stallion Stan. and the feedbacks. Right. He had another thing at the Miami Grand Prix. It's like no one in the U.S. knows who this guy is. Yeah. They're just dodging Brundle. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating. Now... The funny thing is, again, he even saw Roman Grosjean and Pierre Gasly were having an interview because Roman is, was there doing interviews as a pundit for another channel. Oh. And uh, I think was doing it in French. And yeah. so he was 
speaking to Pierre. And, we love him. Yeah, it was good to see Roman at the track again. Uh-huh. Apparently, and I did vi- I did see this, Martin approached Brad Pitt and Brad brushed him off and then Martin still continued to be like, come on, Brad, like, give us some something to do. I wish you knew who I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Brad just kept being like, no, we're good. Uh, yeah, we're good. And just kind of brushed him off a few times. And so here's, here's the interesting part of this. And so I saw it happening and I was like, Megan the Stallion, we all were like, come on, like, you're there for publicity. This is a publicity stunt for you. Yeah, you don't know racing. Go talk to Martin Brundle and don't be dumb about it. Yeah. You know? With Brad Pitt, he doesn't need a publicity stunt. No. You know, and him dogging any reporter is about as predictable as anything I can see, right? Now I'm not trying to say that there's a discrepancy in what kind of treatment Martin Brundle deserves. But also expectation level by what kind of celebrity we're talking about. And Brad Pitt is like literally the first person you think of of like handsome dude actor. Will Buxton, though, on Twitter took to Twitter to defend Brad Pitt because people got a little bit upset. Okay, what does Will Buxton have to say? Well, and this is kind of interesting, but he said that Brad Pitt's name was not listed on approachable by media celebrities that were there for the weekend. On any of the days that he was there. So he was there for all three days and that his name was not like listed as come and talk to me with a microphone, which they do have a list of those people on there. Okay. And so he was saying in Brad's defense, he did not give anyone permission to come talk to him. He also didn't say don't come and talk to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Carry a bat and swat at people. (laughs) Yeah. That would be helpful. Even Mm. just a fly swatter would have done. Martin is not big. No, he's a tiny, well, he's a race car driver. He's, we're, they're all just jockeys at the end of the day. And so he's just a little dude with a microphone being like, hey, Bradley Pitts, get something for us here, Formula One fans. Okay, well, well the tradition uh, continues. It does. <laughs> it does. And it was, it was just as enjoyable as it was last year. Can we please yeah. dive into the race now? Okay, all right. There we can so actually talk about the race. Okay, let's go. Max, you give us the start. How many right, let's go. Guys, how many cars were on that track? <laughs> So I don't know. It seemed like no. there was 20 times 20 this time. Well, there was only one for George Russell and he T-boned Carlos. <laughs> that It was as big as 20 cars going into turn yeah, one. Yeah, crazy. That first turn, why is George Russell driving? He's the worst right now. He just rocked into Carlos, dude. <laughs> and then instantly complaining. Yeah. Right, and then after, he, so he gets the penalty and then in the after the race, he's talking about it and he was trying to spin it again. Really? He was trying to spin it against Carlos a little bit. Ugh. Even though he admitted yeah. that it was his fault. He's like, oh, I thought he was going to blank, 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 yada, yada, yada. And then he was like putting in a couple little like throwing it. I can't remember what it was, uh, but he's throwing in a couple little things against signs, which that is just so Russell yeah. is to immediately get on the mic and just be talking about how it's not his yeah. fault. It was yeah. somebody else's fault. Like <laughs> that's the most classically he George completely Russell. turned. He completely turned across me. Everyone's He's starting having to a see how life. annoying George Russell is now. Uh, and we've been on that for the whole year. Yeah, we already knew. <laughs> Once again, something that everyone, like, uh, listen, we listened to Arcade Fire like way before they were cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just before that, we also were on the George Russell's A Total Tool Train yeah, way the before train. the rest of you. Yeah. Um, but, but he poor really Carlos Sainz, man. Oh, Good and it just happens position. every time for that guy. He is like genuinely very unlucky. When he got spun out, they're like, oh, Carlos Sainz spun out. I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is no surprise. That's, yeah. This yeah, happens to him par. all the time. Literally every week now, I, wonder I swear. If we, I wonder if we don't see like a big renaissance from him. That'd be amazing. In some, probably in another team. You but think? like, but I wonder if we don't see a big renaissance from yeah. him where he actually gets a chance and this bad luck doesn't keep happening. Man. Looking back, Suzuka, he was the reason that there was a wrecker on the track and all that, right? Like, he's the one that hydroplaned and wiped out of that race. So, yeah. two races in a row, he's the first example Dang. of someone who has to retire early. Um, and, again, it's just like it's just been the narrative all season long that he's gotten the shaft from either the team or himself. Yeah. Uh, and so definitely a shame, especially given that like, it felt like Charles never had anything for Max, mm -hmm. even when it came to qualifying and he knew that he was going to take engine penalties. Charles still didn't have enough to stop him, but Carlos kind of did, mm -hmm. you know? And I know that Charles, I think did outpace Max for that qualifying. I think he still might have been front row. Uh, but it just, it, it seemed like that was going to be an inevitable pass at some point during the race. And to, so to not see the Ferraris be able to, play a strategy game to try to undercut mm. Red Bull and something to dice there. Yeah. Just seemed like that was the element that was missing that actually could have given Lewis a chance at the win. Yeah. When he was in the lead. Mm. So anyways, yeah, definitely a disappointing start. Thanks, George. <laughs> um, it's not like turn one isn't 500 meters wide. It's a big turn. It's a huge sweeping turn. He just went, he just and he just rocked into that yeah. hard left. And just nosed him. And then, him. and then like the, he drove around with like a broken car. Yep. And Sergio was driving around with a broken car. Yep. And this is the same things that we keep getting like checkered flagged for and having to pit. They call it the meatball flag. I actually have, I, I've heard them say that, but I've never heard it officially called that. But the black and orange flag that Kevin's been shown multiple times now over a broken wing end plate. Oh my gosh. And it, the mirror comes flying off. Yeah. No talk. Yeah, well, they so, can see that. Yeah, they right. can see that in the in the stewards' room. Yeah, don't worry, we're they gonna get to this. Thing flapping like a bird wing. <laughs> we're gonna get to this. Should we just get there? Should we? You're get there? mad, Mike. I, this is Mike's where been mad all my blood started boiling. Yeah, because there was end plates flapping. I mean, it was like there was some carnage on the track, and it was pretty fun to watch. It was like optional spring break territory in America when it came to like <laughs> loose car parts. There was just crap falling off of every car and it just seemed like suddenly it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten this freaking meatball flag at every damn race that Kevin's been run into by a oh Mercedes. Gosh, Kevin's yeah. side plate. Yeah. That was barely moving. Yeah. It was Get like that there. thing was yeah. staying on. Get in the pits. Fix that. It yeah. you. And, destroyed and Max, several uh, races. The side, uh, side plates coming off. Yeah. Back to the yeah. side. What? His his mirror is hanging off of a cable. Right. Oh, my. Okay, so did you know that they penalized Alonzo following the race? Did you catch this in the thread? I haven't been watching. Okay, so, we're, so this is what happened. So let me continue to explain. Right. So I was watching the race, and I was just seeing crap flapping on everybody's cars. <laughs> Max Verstappen included. Crap freaking flapping. Crap <laughs> off of the crap damn crapper yeah, on the right. left side of Max Verstappen's flapper. He's got that wheel brow. He pulls out of, of DRS and you just see the thing go up. And so his broke. So I felt like everybody just had Holy crap. things freaking breaking. Lando Norris lost his wheel brow in the Lance Stroll Fernando accident. Yeah. It needs to be mentioned before oh, I- Norris did. Yeah. So he oh. lost his wheel brow thing, yeah. which is what they call those like over fenders on the tires. I feel Anyways. like they have like four names I they for them. called duct 
Defenders. Something. Anyways. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Duck called, Defenders. That's the brand name. <laughs> it's uh, the. It's the Anaheim Mighty Duck Defenders. Yes, yes, So, yes. no, but the the overfender thing broke on Lando. It broke on Max's car. Everyone had little bits that were loose. Fernando Alonso <laughs> goes for a small flight after running into the he back of Lance Stroll. for like 50 yards. Yeah, and then slammed the barrier. Like, not just a small kiss of that metal he barrier. Rocked, he yeah. rocked the barrier. Yeah, he full-blown just... Parallel parks against that thing mm. after a Harley Davidson wheelie at Sturgis. And I was watching that with my dad, and I was like, I am surprised he didn't take off in the air and flip over. Right. And it does speak to the strength of that car. Yeah. Right. That hitting the ground didn't wreck his suspension. That is a feat that that yeah. thing kept going. So he goes back. He makes it he back. Goes, he goes for an economy flight. Yeah. So he, goes, <laughs> he, got, a, he got a one-way ticket. And he came down, and it was a rough landing, but you know what? They made it. So he goes to the pits, changes Blasting out the front wings. Out. Blasting yeah. Did you see how Lance Stroll's back wheel consumed his wing? <laughs> right. I was watching that back a yeah. few times. I'll play it back for you guys, too. Uh-huh. When he goes in and hits his back left wheel, that wing just absolutely like disintegrates into the air. It's incredible to watch. It's amazing stuff. So he gets absolutely pulverized, flies through the air for 50 (laughs) yards, slams to the ground in this magnificent flurry of parts. It was the most evil Knievel (laughs) thing that we could have had an American event. You know, it was not graceful and it was a heavy thing that went airborne. So he gets to the pits. Alonzo's not that heavy. No, in the car. <laughs> uh, and so anyways, they get it back to the pits. They repair the front wing. They put a new set of tires on and he goes back out. Yeah, crazy. Spit shine and send him on its way. And amazing. Alonzo's able to battle back to P7. Yeah. And I'm like, this thing pulverized an Aston Martin and then car doored a wall and then managed to continue without puncturing the gearbox or any kind of steering suspension issues. Incredible. Literally like the most amazing thing ever. And then a P7 was just unbelievable. Yeah. To your point, the wing was flapping for laps. And I remember seeing it on onboards and being like, that's a really heavy part. That's super dangerous. And I remember thinking to myself like, this entire race has gone on without anyone getting a flag or getting any kind of signal for this stuff. But that mirror is super freaking dangerous. And that thing flapping in the wind, hitting someone in the helmet is game over at speed. That is a super dangerous part. Uh, Just for reference, at Pocono about, I don't know, eight years ago or maybe even sooner, a nose cone from another IndyCar was flapping in the wind from an accident and a driver who was coming down the track didn't see it. It hit him in the head as he was driving. And the nose cone is a carbon fiber piece. Yeah. Hit him in the head. It killed him. Holy crap. And so he was just... Wait, when was this? This was probably eight years ago or sooner. It's no joke. Getting hit in the head by a car part of any weight yeah. at that speed is super dangerous. Yeah. And so a mirror has some weight to it. Yeah. And what? That's a good seven, eight inches long. So anyways, it, call, it caught my attention on the first onboard that I saw it flapping in the wind that I was like, that needs... Like, I don't want to ruin Alonzo's race, but that's super dangerous. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? But again... There's so much happening on the track that this isn't the only thing that I'm focused on. Yeah. But I'm like, gosh, they're just really not calling anything. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually it does come off on a pass. The DRS and everything. He Passing. gets 
I thought he was passing Kevin Magnuson. Kevin. Was he passing Kevin? He might have been. I'm almost positive it was a Haas. So DRS flap open, pulls out of the uh, out of the slipstream, and the mirror comes off. And that you know, given the moment that you suddenly take on a lot of load from the air in front of you, that would be the moment that something tears off the car, right? Yeah. So lucky it was behind a car and not in front of one. Mm. The mirror kind of dances off into the distance, and Fernando makes the pass. Well, it flew through the air. Just yeah. <laughs> And it was, again, super sketchy. Yeah. So we don't hear anything about it, okay? At the end of the race, once everything was said and done, Haas launches a protest and says, we are protesting the result of the United States Grand Prix. You didn't flag a single freaking person. We've been dealing with this all season long. For real. And you guys did not, you're not being consistent at all. Yeah. There was broken bits on every car. And specifically, Perez and Alonso should have been looked at. And that's like giving them the like the penalty or being like a flag to go in and change that part, go into the pits. That yeah. changes the whole results. It right. It's Because that's what's been happening to Kevin Magnuson all year. Yeah. He right. gets sent to the back and stays there. Right. Yeah. And he just it's like, good luck overcoming yeah. that, especially in like a situation where a safety car didn't come out or there's yeah. no way to really repair things. And given that Alonso had plenty of time on his pit stop to be able to repair things like that on the car because there was a safety car. He was going to probably come out last anyways. It was one of those situations where it's like, just fix stuff. Yeah. If they knew that that was loose, they could have just ripped it off right then, right? Basically, I think that that's what the, the conclusion that they arrived at. But so late in the evening, yeah. like really late in the evening, the FIA announced a penalty for Fernando Alonso equivalent of 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> dropping him from P7 to P15 Ugh. after the race, <laughs> taking away their constructor points, his driver points, a brutal blow. It's They're just like treating Alonzo as the whipping boy for every car on the track. Right. Wait, 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 it was only Alonzo? Only Alonzo got this penalty. Oh my. And That's I'm, what's crazy. I'm sitting there... I was just ready to chuck my phone. I was like, <laughs> Perez is fine. Russell gets a five-second penalty for and that looks punting that looks the pole sitter. Yeah. It, like, how on earth? And again, like, it was really funny because Haas on Twitter had posted a the thing from Fernando being like, wow, look at this hero recovery drive to P7. Like, way <laughs> to go, Alonzo. And then they retweeted themselves <laughs> and said, well, this is awkward now. <laughs> they, they did. Yeah. Because they didn't expect that level of penalty for him, I don't think. Like I think all well, of if us they were, were just protesting taken by surprise. If they were just protesting the results, right? They weren't like trying to signal out Alpine. No, they like, were just like, hey, let's take a look at what should have happened. Like Max, yeah, yeah. Any of these opportunities where drivers have had loose bits on the car that Haas has been penalized for, they're basically being like, look, be consistent. But being consistent wasn't a. 30 second penalty because I guess what they're essentially saying is that in that moment, if he had been penalized and they had pulled him off the track and they had removed the mirror, it would have been a 20 second pit delta with an outlap and a few other things. Okay. It's probably seconds. equivalent around 30 seconds. That's and they went for it. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. But he wasn't the only one. And yeah. why are you doing it to the dude who literally went for a freaking fighter jet stunt? Blue Angels session. Yeah. Came back and the race was still going and then managed to P7. Batching days. It's insane. There's way too much drama with the FIA. 
Why can't they do anything right? <laughs> it's literally what it feels like. Just like a lotto, like randomizer. Yeah. Or they just like shoot nice. up a ball that has like 20, like a second's amount on it. Like uh, uh, 20 seconds. Yeah. I think it would be better if they did that. <laughs> it might Genuinely, be more it's not even a joke. It like, might be. I don't think it would. I think it would be better if they were like, okay, we've got three guys to penalize. Which one is it going to be? Because instead, they're just doing these bizarre shenanigans where it's mm. like, okay, there's three people on the chopping block. Right. We can't do Red Bull or Mercedes. Right. Let's do Alonzo. In what other sport is the governing body so questioned so often? So, yeah. And inconsistent. And so inconsistent. It's yeah. like the rules don't matter. Yeah. It's like, whose line is it anyways? Where mm. <laughs> <laughs> the points are made up and the, or no, the, the, the points, penalties are made up. And the points and don't the, matter. And the rules It's <laughs> a great parallel, actually. Welcome to the FIA where the penalties are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. Also, the tagline for F1 for the last three to five years. But besides, I mean, besides like Alpine's penalty, just insane. But right. Haas got in the points and Kevin had a pretty good finish. Right. He had a nice battle with yeah. Vettel at the end. Oh man, was that battle fun. just the greatest thing I've ever yeah. watched. So fun. I feel like this race was full of that. Hamilton and, and Verstappen had a great battle. Yeah. Leclerc and Verstappen had a couple of really good battles. But Vettel's last lap shenanigans over the past two races have been uh, like, it's like, where have you been, man? Yeah, that was Gosh, fun. Gosh, I miss you. I'm like, you're just crushing these David finishes. Croft, David Croft is on the is on the mic saying like, here comes Sebastian Vettel battling on his last ever yeah. Oda Grand Prix. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's kind of a heartbreaker to watch that actually. I'm like, it's and, over for him. And like a P7 is just like, he, you you see the onboard as soon as he gets past Magnus and he crosses the He's like, ah, I like <laughs> fist in the air. And he's yeah. just like, oh, my adrenaline's going so hard. I didn't win. <laughs> but like, man, that felt good. <laughs> yeah. You know? So Yeah, like you said last time, or like on a couple of podcasts that we were recording ago, just like, don't you want to see these great old drivers who still have that same skill in a good car? Right. They're battling for these like midfield positions and they're just as good as these top contenders. Yeah. They yeah. really are, if not better, because yeah. they just don't have the mistakes of youth. Yeah. They've got that wisdom of like, oh, I could wait you out. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if Vettel was in Leclerc's car. Right. If he was back at Ferrari. Right. It would be, yeah, it would be very interesting to see what he could have done without choking. But I guess, you know, he was known for that too. So, but I guess it was just Ferrari. Ferrari strategy. I don't know. Yeah. So Kevin was graduated to P8 because of the Alonzo issue because he was dropped to P15 and moved everybody up. And so huge for Haas at their home GP and yeah. Mick had a great race. He got kind of hosed on strategy and honestly was running really well. Was there a so, point where like Mick was going wheel to wheel with someone for a while? Dude, he went, I felt like this race actually yielded such good battles, but that's yeah. what I was saying. I feel like Mick had a couple of really good ones. Yeah. Um, Latifi pushed him off track at one point mm, and then Latifi yeah. got a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but yeah, I mean, just such a good race and it was great to see Haas get points. I know that the team lost a, a garage member mm-hmm. uh, to cancer as a younger guy. And so they wanted to pay tribute to him in the uh, best way that they could. They definitely wanted a double points finish, but a points finish in, a, in the U.S. was still a huge win for it's them. It's so cool compared to even like thinking about last year, like these Haas cars were just always at the end of the pack right. by miles. And now they're getting points. It's just so fun. It's so freaking so fun. fun. And seeing Kevin Dice with somebody like Vettel is just, uh, I mean, I'd pay to see it every week. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. I mean, U.S. Grand Prix, the U.S. team. We are from the U.S. There's a U.S. driver entering the paddock next year. Let's 
for Williams? <laughs> for Williams. Mm. Logan Sargent. Okay. I don't know anything about this guy, and I just heard the news this weekend. Mike, what's who's Logan Sargent, and why isn't he driving for Haas? <laughs> right? Well, Do we want him for driver Haas? Seriously, I don't know. I think he needs to get his feet wet. Yeah. I know I wouldn't replace Mick for another rookie. I like know? the idea of like experience, for sure. Yeah. We went through rookies already, and we don't want to go back. We don't need that again. Logan has been climbing the ranks of European circuits. He's definitely on the list of people and was on our radar for our American drivers episode. He was listed among the people uh, that was up for a potential seat in formula one. He's been racing in formula two and he is now being given a conditional contract. If he can achieve the super license points he needs to race in formula one next year, if he gets his Eagle scout. Yes. So if he gets his Eagle scout, and gets past the life, <laughs> he will be able to race for Williams next season. Just like Colton Herta, and just like all of these drivers who are potential get a Formula One seat drivers, mm-hmm. they have to earn their F two, or they you know they have to earn their super license, which comes through racing through Formula Three and and Formula Two. Now Logan's pretty much like he has. I think he has one or two races left. I'd have to do some research on this to give you the hard number. Mm-hmm. And he is, has to finish sixth or higher by Abu Dhabi in this oh. like championship in order for him to have enough super license points to race in F1 next year. And from what I understand, it's very likely that he will. He's a pretty decent driver. Yeah, and that there's not a lot of things standing in his way of getting that. I noticed that like he was already flogging Williams merch. Right. So like he better get those points or they're going to be eating some humble pie or something. I I mean, I feel like they just keep dangling the carrot for us Americans right now with being like, Colton Hurd is up for an Alphatari seed. No, he's not. Logan Sargent's up for (laughs) Williams seed and he's going to crash and they're going to be like, no, he's not. He never was. Yeah, this is a bunch of crap. (laughs) He never actually was. (laughs) But you bought the (laughs) t-shirt. And we do, little do we know that Otmar Schaffenauer is the one that's like orchestrating this. That, with the oh, wait, why would he do that? Well, What's the know. conspiracy? It's just, he, he never said that he wasn't involved in the smuggling of US drivers into the sport of Formula One. Uh, he smuggles them in his little cavity and <laughs> puts them right in the cockpit. <laughs> There's an image. <laughs> Where else does he put crack? <laughs> You should see Parker's face right now, everyone. He's just glaring into the distance with that, like, Clint Eastwood, very confident stare. Because I've got imagery just coursing through my mind right now. picturesque imagery. You'd think um, big F1 news punditry sites would be picking up on what we're doing. We've already blown the lid off of Chuck. Right. Clerk. Yeah. Right. We've known George Russell is a weirdo ever since he started acting cool last year. <laughs> like we know, we know what's happening. We We're do. Way ahead, and we light are years. light years ahead on this Otmar Kraken hour. Yeah, and you know, oh. another reason why we're so we all we have all this good information. How come? Tell them tips from listeners. Tips from the listeners. We have the best. We got ears everywhere, folks. True. That Eyes, is true. ears on the earth, on the soil. Send in your tips. <laughs> Send in your conspiracy theories. Oh, conspiracy theories.
tips and questions. We take them all. So please email, Instagram, uh, share us with your friends on the Spotify, everywhere. Yeah, we're growing and we love it. We love these new questions coming in from people. Yeah, let's keep it going. And thanks for joining us this week. Woo! Thank you. Bye. 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 And see. <laughs> He's a level two half-elf paladin.